you've dialed up the Patriotic American Citizen, or Pac-Man for short. I'm Ted Flint. Good to be along with you. We will begin the show, and I'm not going to spend a lot of time talking about the governor because that's all we hear about in Albany. I work for the, uh, as I've mentioned, the New York State Republican Conference, and a lot of talk last night, and there were actually bills passed in the Assembly that attempted, the Democrats say, to rescind some of the governor's emergency powers that were granted to him by legislative Democrats a year ago to deal with COVID-19, this extra executive authority. Well, they didn't really rescind his powers. They say they did, but they really didn't. Don't believe them. What they did, I guess they modified his powers a little bit. They say, the Dems say that it restores the balance of power, but it's a fake repeal bill. It actually expands the governor's reach. One thing the bill does do, it prevents the governor from issuing any new directives, but he's still allowed to make changes to existing orders or directives. So he can modify the things that he's already written. Now, he's written some 100 executive orders. So they're going to be in existence for at least the next 30 days. So Bob Ord is the Republican leader of the Senate, minority leader, and he said nothing's really changed. There's really... The governor has all this authority, and that authority covers essentially every aspect of life for all New Yorkers. That's what progressives do. They want to control every aspect of our lives, and Cuomo's no different. Whether we can travel, where we can travel, whether your kids can go to school, whether they can play sports, whether restaurants are open or what's closed, you know, any business. What, what businesses are allowed to open? What businesses are not allowed to open? Who's essential? Who's not essential? If you own a business, I don't care what business it is, and you support your family with that business, it's essential to you. Who's the governor to say something's not, a business is not essential? Anyway, these, these uh, executive orders, I'm tired of hearing about it because nothing ever changes in Albany. And the reason things never change is because we have 212 legislators, state legislators, 145 of whom are Democrats. What's that leave? 67 Republicans? That's the problem. We live in a very blue state and it's getting only bluer. Bluer than blue, as the old song by Michael Johnson says. That's the problem. Until we start electing more conservatives, not just Republicans, but conservatives, nothing's going to change. Governor's going to do be able to do what he wants. And, you know, I, I hear that he's still thinking of running for a fourth term. I hope he does, because I hope he gets his backside handed to him. Uh, Rep. Lee Zeldin. I don't know Lee Zeldin. I don't know his politics, to be honest with you. He's a congressman here in New York. And I guess he was on Newsmax. I didn't see the interview, but he's officially weighing a run. He's not saying whether or not he's going to run for certain. But he said that Republicans are ready, or excuse me, New Yorkers are ready for uh, a change in Albany, a Republican to take the office. And I think it's, it's long past due. I mean, uh, Pataki was our last Republican. He was a liberal Republican on many issues, but, but he was a darn sight better than the people who followed him. You know, David Patterson and uh, Spitzer and now Cuomo. But I think Democrats, Republicans, independents, according to Zeldin, I'm not sure I agree with him, they believe Cuomo's been there too long. I think certainly Republicans believe that and some independents, but Democrats still support the governor. There was a poll out a week or so ago. He gets high support. This is before the sexual harassment allegations came out. I mean, his his numbers have slipped since then, but I think most Democrats would vote for him again if he were to run. He says he's running for a fourth term. I hope he does. 
His father made that mistake. In 1994, he was taken out by Pataki. Maybe the governor will be taken out, uh, the younger Cuomo, by Zeldin or somebody else, some high-profile New Yorker. Some have suggested, friends of mine uh, who work in Albany, say that uh, Don Jr., Trump Jr., ought to take on Cuomo. It, it may be somebody of that stature, somebody who's brash, who's going to out-thug Cuomo, because Cuomo's a thug, let's face it. He's going to be tough to take out. Mark Molinaro's a nice guy, but he was too polite during that one debate they had, the gubernatorial debate a couple of years back. I think maybe Don Jr. or somebody like him. I'm not a big fan of, of Trump Jr. I think he, he lacks, he lacks some, of the, uh, some of the charm his father has. I know a lot of people are going to laugh at that. Don, Trump's got charm? He, he does. He's got something that makes people like him. All right, enough of, uh, enough of Cuomo. I've uh, written a piece for our website, the BMG Network, by the way. You can access the column, and it's on this so-called Equality Act, and it's entitled Equality for Whom, when you dial it up. And uh, there's a, a bill that passed the state, uh, the, the House of Representatives, which is democratically controlled. It's called the Equality Act, but it's anything but an Equality Act, if, especially for Christians, Christians following the dictates of their faith and their consciences. Uh, it's, there's nothing equal about it. It would add sexual orientation and gender identity as protected classes under, under the federal civil rights law. Now, fortunately, there's some arcane rules in the Senate uh, that dictate that 10 Republicans would have to support the bill in order for it to reach uh, Sleepy Joe's desk. So, I mean, that's not an impossibility, but that's a tall order. But this, this bill, if it ever becomes law, I mean, it's, it's fraught with all kinds of trouble. And uh, there, there's this hot, the celebrated case, the most celebrated case, involves that cake baker in Colorado, Jack Phillips. And this is a part of the column. I don't want to read the column to you, but it's up there. This homosexual couple wanted a, a customized cake. And he said, no, I'm not going to do it. I don't believe it, and I'm Christian. So the Colorado Civil Rights Commission accused Phillips of discrimination based on sexual orientation, the sexual orientation of the, uh, the sodomite couple. So Phillips countersued. He said the commission targeted him for his Christian beliefs. He won the he won the lawsuit. The uh, the commission dropped its suit. But anyway, I mean, nonprofits would be affected by this. Volunteers, parents. There was a, a case out in Ohio. Parents lost custody of their seventeen year old daughter because they refused to put her on testosterone supplements. I mean, it's cr- there's craziness what's going on. It would change it would radically change the family dynamic and would put. Parental consent laws in jeopardy. I mean, the whole thing, it's a bad piece of legislation. Naturally, the Democrats and the, the communist liberals are pushing it. And the Senate has got to reject it. But there's a column up on the bmgnetwork.com if you're interested. You can check that out. You know, there was somebody years ago, and I have this here. Uh, I got this off a very conservative website. But there was a prophetic statement made by Michael Swift in the Gay Manifesto. Now, I don't read the Gay Manifesto as... As a rule, but it speaks directly to this Equality Act. He said, I don't know how many years ago, but he said, legislation shall be passed which engenders love between men. There will be no compromises. All churches who condemn us will be closed. It's a special carve-out for homosexuals and uh, transsexuals and bisexuals and pansexuals and all the other you know, so-called genders in between. But there are no genders in between. There are two genders. Male and female. That's it. Back to Cuomo, because I want to. I, I read something here by Lee Smith, and I forget what's. I think it's uh, in Town Hall Magazine, 
And I got to thinking why Andrew Cuomo is all of a sudden not the darling of the media or of his own party. His own party members are coming after him. And I got my own theories. I think somebody may, and I've mentioned this, may want to run for governor, whether it's Letitia James or some of these downstate uh, liberal Democratic senators. That's a possibility. But you know who possibly nailed it is uh, Devin Nunes, California congressman. And we know about the, the governor's nursing home policies and the, and the COVID positive people being allowed into these nursing homes, 15,000 deaths in the nursing homes. That's really what's killing the governor and the sexual harassment allegations don't help. But here's what Nunes said. He said, before the election, the legacy media ignored that story, the nursing home story, instead perversely hailing Cuomo's exemplary leadership in fighting COVID and praising his self-congratulatory book, I forget the name of the book, but it's unclear why Cuomo's team even bothered with a cover-up since the media was already doing it for them. Turning on Cuomo, it doesn't mean that the, the, uh, the media mouthpieces have found their moral center. It means Cuomo is of no longer any use to the party. And he represents a threat, actually, to Kamala Harris. And that's a, I, I like that theory. Cuomo's been thinking about running for president. He's like his father. He's talked about it. Uh, some Democratic bigwigs have talked about Cuomo running in 2024. Gavin Newsom, the other liberal Dem out in California, that nitwit who's messing up California. There's a recall movement underfoot in California to, to take out Newsom. But Newsom also is finding himself uh, on the receiving end of a lot of uh, attacks from his own party. Newsom and Cuomo would be a threat to another ambitious Democrat by the name of Kamala Harris. She obviously is in the running to run for 2024 for the presidency. If she doesn't get it before then, because if Biden doesn't expire, I, I think he's, if he, he'll be lucky if he makes it to the summer. But so Cuomo's no longer in, in the good graces of his party. That made sense to me. And uh, so anyway, that's Devin Nunes, his, his theory of it out in California, IA. Let's see, we have a couple of minutes here. I want to uh, mention this to you. If you're thinking of st doing a podcast, you know, maybe launching one, now's the time to do it. There are literally tens of thousands of people launching podcasts every day. And uh, the best way to do it is the way I've been doing it now for several months is using Buzzsprout. Hands down the easiest and best way to launch a podcast. Not only that, but Buzzsprout gets your show listed in every major podcast platform. You'll get a great-looking podcast website, audio players you can drop into other websites, detailed analytics to see how people are listening, tools to promote your episodes, and so much more. So why not join over 100,000 podcasters already using Buzzsprout and get your message out to the world? All you have to do is follow the link in the show notes and get started today. Plus, if you sign up for a paid plan, they'll give you a $20 Amazon gift card. Again, just follow the link in this show's notes so that Buzzsprout knows that I, the patriotic American citizen, Ted Flint, sent you Buzzsprout, the easiest way to launch a podcast. We've got a couple of minutes here. I was going to uh, do a couple of other stories, one involving the lawsuits against President Trump, but we'll save that for another time. I just this this story warms the cockles of my heart, to be honest with you. Uh, it's about a girl, young girl, 11 years old. And I love these kinds of stories because this happens every single day across America. Hundreds of incidences such as this. Fox News reported this. An 11 year old girl shot two illegals who broke into her home. 
And the, I guess the headline read, a shotgun-armed preteen versus illegal alien home invaders. Well, it didn't end well for the home invaders. Rafael Resendez and Enrico Garcia, both in their 20s, they thought they could, you know, easy pickings. Just go in, overpower this little girl, Patricia Harrington. Her father had left their home. and But they learned the hard way. First of all, they were in Montana. And this little girl had been a clay shooting champ since she was nine. So they picked the wrong home and the wrong girl to uh, <laughs> to try to rob. So she was in her upstairs room. Two guys broke in through the front door. She went to her father's room, got his 12-gauge Mossberg, and took care of business. This Resendez, he was 23 at the time. I say was because it didn't end well for him. Got to the second floor, and he caught a near point-blank blast of buckshot from this 11-year-old girl. And he suffered fatal wounds to his abdomen and crotch, his genitals. When Garcia ran to the foot of the stairs, he took a blast to his left shoulder. He staggered out of the house onto the street. He bled to death before medical people could get there to, to uh, tend to him. So Resendez was armed with a stolen 45 caliber handgun he took during another home invasion robbery. That victim was not so lucky. This guy, the other guy who was, his house was broken into, 50-year-old David O'Brien was was killed. He died from stab wounds to his chest. Now, I don't think this story was covered by NBC or CBS, definitely not CBS, definitely not PBS, MSNBC, CNN, you know, the rest of the other alphabet stations, ABC. But this little girl, 11 years old, properly trained in the use of a firearm, successfully defended her home and herself from these illegal thugs, illegal aliens. They're not immigrants, or a- they were aliens, or they are, one is. First guy got got blown away. Fortunately, he's dead. I love these kinds of stories. They just warm the cockles of my heart. That's gun control. This little girl handled that shotgun, and a, a Mossberg 500, a 12-gauge, it's got a lot of recoil. They kick back, and she's 11, but she knew how to handle it. They shall not break and enter into somebody else's home. And those two thugs learn the hard way. Anyway, that's a good way to end this program, I guess, in this podcast and all the other fine podcasts we have for your listening enjoyment and for your edification and your enlightenment can be found at the bmgnetwork.com. If you want to get in contact with me, you can do that uh, by emailing me directly, pacman at the BMG Network. That's P-A-C-M-A-N at the bmgnetwork.com. And we'll We'll get back in touch with you. Thanks very much, folks, for tuning us in. And if the Lord wills it, we will talk to you soon. The Pac-Man Podcast was produced in the BMG Studio. Music by Kevin McLeod. For more information about the Pac-Man Podcast, go to the BMG Network on Facebook. And be sure to tune in to the next episode of the Pac-Man Podcast with Ted Flint. <laughs>